This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Having the right TMS is vital in supporting freight broker growth. Partner with Thai Software to optimize your processes and compete with confidence. Get into the automation, data insights, and cash flow optimization game. Request a demo at thaisoftware.com. Welcome back to another edition of Check Call. Today we're covering the best practices for tackling change in an organization. Don't forget to subscribe to Check Call the newsletter on FreightWaves.com if you haven't already. Today we have a very fantastic guest joining us today. It's Lena Castaneda, the VP of Operations at Thai Software. Welcome to the show, Lena. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mary. Super happy to be here. I we so we've touched on this with you guys a little bit in the past, but today we're really kind of diving into it, getting into the nitty gritty. But before we get too far into kind of, you know, that whole change management aspect that everyone absolutely knows and loves and is super on board with, um, (laughs) why don't we get some background on you and kind of how you started at Thai? Sure. Um, So before Thai, I was managing different accounts in a SaaS company back in Colombia. By the way, I'm Colombian. Unfortunately, I'm not there now. Uh, I've been living in Canada for the past few years, but that's where I come from. Um, so yeah, this company worked with, you know, several clients in different industries, which was a very nice experience. And, uh, before that, I worked for, for more than two years, uh, in things related to customer experiences, client success, mis- mixing both, um, the operational and the technical side. So that's why I came to Thai. And then when I first joined, they were, you know, undergoing a restructuring process and they wanted to have the right team to be able to support freight brokers through um, a high quality TMS. So of course I said yes to the challenge and here I am. I've been working at Thai for almost three years now and I couldn't be happier with the things that we have accomplished as a team. I absolutely like that. They saw the value in making sure that there was support for brokers and people using the software Um, because as a former freight broker, there's been a lot of times where I've had an issue with the software and my you know, entire workday has come to a screeching halt and they're like, well, submit a ticket and we'll get to you eventually. And you're like, cool. Love that. Love that for me. Just going to sit here for two weeks and figure out how to how to still do my job with software that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's for sure not how we are. I mean, client success and client experience is such a big thing for us. And yeah, we make sure to have, you know, SLAs in place and all of those expectations very clear to our customers so we can provide the best experience ever. You know, you would think that that's just like the bare minimum of, you know, being a TMS provider, but you'd be surprised. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. So one of the things that you have to tackle is change management. And I don't know about you, but I have never met a freight broker that loves change and loves a new TMS. And um, there's not many that just jump fully on board Um, so why is it, what are some of kind of the most common challenges that come with introducing changes to a team's process and workflow? Yeah, well, it can get really tricky, right? Uh, but yeah, I think due to human nature, let's say, 
um, there will always be, you know, resistance to change and a lot of concerns about disrupting the current process or rules, right? So um, I think that some of the most common challenges include communication because, well, inadequate communication about the reasons for change or the intended outcomes or the steps that are involved, you know, um, can create a lot of confusion and resistance among team members. Uh, but also there is this fear of failure. Who wants to fail? No one, right? So concerns about, you know, potential failures or um, negative consequences resulting from the change can make team members very hesitant to embrace new processes. Um, I also think that there is a huge component that we sometimes forget about, which is the lack of buy-in, you know. Um, if team members don't really understand uh, the need for a change or aren't convinced of its benefits, they may not fully support or commit to the changes. And actually, there's a great book that talks about this, which is Switch. I love the book. I talk about it all the time. So all they talk about is how to change things when change is hard. And the main idea is that we have to be aware of both the rational and the emotional side that we all have. So the rational side is the one that always, you know, creates that resistance. So that's the side that has this fear of failure. Uh, and then, however, the emotional side is the one that plays a huge role in change management. So that's the one to which we want to sell the idea. And how do we do that? By talking to the emotional side, speaking its language. That means showing a clear path for the team members, uh, let them talk and let them express how they feel, acknowledge their concerns, but also show them why we are doing this and make sure they all understand um, the importance and what they do, how what they do contributes to that main goals that we have in mind and provide them with all the tools and resources they need to feel in a safe place and commit to change, basically. I really like that approach. Sorry, I think, that was a lot of work. No, that's that's why I love it. You kind of broke it down and explained it because, you know, it is something that uh, more often than not, the end user of that TMS, they're not there in the sourcing meetings. They're not there to say, oh, this is something that um, this is what I want out of a TMS. This is what I don't want. They're not there in those meetings to kind of say and voice their opinion. It's just kind of, one day someone says, hey, we're getting a new TMS and you're just gonna, you're gonna like it and you're gonna have to accept it for what it is. So I think that that's where a lot of that resistance is because, um, you know, not that every individual freight broker needs to be sitting in on new TMS meetings, but at least, you know, ask them what they're looking for, see what capabilities they would like to have. And then also, you know, kind of keeping them updated on the process because, that makes them feel like, you know, their voice is being heard and they're part of the solution all along. It's not just, oh, management decided one day we're changing our TMS and this is what we're using. Cool. And it's probably going to work just like our current TMS that isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Disability. It's everything. Yeah. I would definitely say that like that because it seems so simple that like, oh, why wouldn't you just pull your team? And I know it's, you know, taking people off the floor and you know, it's something that not a lot of people would probably have much of an interest in, but at least giving like a core group of people that would get on board with it. I think that's going to go a lot farther than just sitting there and going, well, we're using this. Yeah. If they understand, they can come in from the very beginning, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of, I don't know, I feel like that helps a lot later on down the line. But when it comes to, you know, you okay, this broker A is they are fully, they are fully committed. They are ready to go. Like, 
let's onboard them. How do you kind of assess the team's readiness for adopting these new technologies? So like if they were coming from an AS400 to now, you know, something new like Thai where, you know, you're not navigating with a keyboard or it's just a big leap in technology. So there's kind of a learning gap. Kind of how do you guys assess that and say, okay, this is the best kind of training or this is the best kind of preparation we can give you guys? So I think it has a lot to do with having a well-structured action plan, you know, with clear goals and specific tasks, timelines and owners and all the things that are important to make that change happen. Uh, and when all of that, you know, all of those items are checked off in that plan, well, you know, it's the right time to do it. But also um, the team is ready when you can ensure that they all understand the main goal and why they're doing this and how they are contributing to the success of this new change or process. And then when you can say that you have provided proper guidance and support and when you know you have, you know, enough resources and tools for them and training to facilitate the whole transition, then they will most likely succeed. So again, it's a lot of, you know, talking to this emotional side of people and just making sure that they are all aligned, all on the same page and that they understand the main purpose of it. I kind of really like that approach because again, it's something that like, you know, you can't, there's always going to be those quick adapters on a team. There's always going to be the ones that say, oh, okay, give me a week in the software. I'll know the ins and outs. I'll figure out three ways to break it and, you know, how to fix those, close those loopholes. But then you're always going to have those people that, you know, where do I log in? Where do I go once I log in? And those that kind of need a little bit more handholding. And I think that's something that uh, gets overlooked a lot when it comes to developing that implementation plan or coming up with a go live date is, you know, you need to test it, which is very important. I cannot stress that enough. Test, 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 and test some more because you don't want to just stick it in there and hope for the best. That's not how anything works. So just err on the side of testing, but also, you know, when you're in that testing environment, have a variety of users test it. So that way, you know, kind of, okay, well, we have to base it off one of our slower people who, that's nothing wrong. It's just they they get stuck in their ways and they got to figure out a new way to go and things look different and everything like that. So I think that's something that's overlooked is they're like, okay, well, on average, it's going to take people two to three weeks to get up to speed on this system. Base it off of your slower performers. Correct. Yeah. And to your point about testing, we actually created a whole stage called testing for our customers after the onboarding period. And what that is, is just a testing period so they can actually prove that they have all of the tools and the knowledge and the resources to work with the TMS before we consider them live. Because if they don't, of course, we want to keep you know working with them and providing more training and providing more tools and resources for them to be able to work and understand all of the workflows, all of the features that we have within the TMS. So for sure, that's a huge component of it, testing. And we, we made sure uh, to, you know, just block some time for that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So I guess when it goes from testing to live, um, kind of what does that look like? Because that switch has to be flipped. You can't just do like half and half. So is there kind of like a anticipated 
um, you know, loss of revenue or loss of margin that happens that day because everyone's trying to get that and kind of how do you guys work with companies to overcome any potential losses as a result of, you know, things getting missed in the system or is it just kind of like a slow rollout instead of a light switch? Yeah, well, I think, it again, it's about the plan, you know, and just having those discovering um, sessions with customers in which we can identify the need. So if they, for example, are working out of another TMS and they are making this transition, then let's create a plan and a strategy around that so we can, you know, schedule in a specific day in which you will stop uh, moving loads within that other TMS and you will start in tight TMS so we can actually um, ensure that a smooth transition right there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, after a conscious research and decision, uh, we just need that plan with a specific date. And also that plan has to be visible to the entire team. So I think that if they have the right expectations, um, they all know what's going to happen and when. And hopefully by then all of those items will be, you know, checked off. So yeah, we will be ensuring um, 100% readiness for that, for that transition. So yeah. Something that it's maybe pretty obvious and for the same reason, it's easy to lose sight of it is just keep your team involved. You know, like they are the ones that are going to face the change and feel the consequences much faster than the others. So it's very, very important that they are part of the planning and the creation of the whole strategy for the transition. So just make sure that you are listening to them, that you are getting their ideas, evaluating the best ways to accomplish things as a team. Uh, and that definitely opens the door for, you know, collaboration and accountability and commitment for everyone. I mean, you don't want something you help plan to fail or get it stuck right. So it's the same thing. If you are involved, you'll do your best to make it work. So when it comes to making these plans, because it sounds like that's kind of the core of everything, when it comes to making the plans, is it, this is just me naturally being curious. You don't have to reveal the secret sauce if you don't want to. Um, but is it more or less like, kind of you're working off like it's kind of a copy paste but adjust the dates or is each plan kind of you know developed around that customer specific needs and everything like that because there has to be some there has to be some carryover from each customer to customer to customer for you guys but I feel like is it is it like how much of that carryover is there and how much of it is truly customized to what that specific customer would need? Uh, I like to think that everything is customized. I mean, we have our process, of course, in place and we have like some stages in the process that are, you know, the default, but every single customer is different. They all have different needs. They all have different workflows and requests. So for sure, we have to um, build that plan around those needs. So yeah, I will say that the main structure of the process is kind of the same, like with the same steps. However, the execution and the approach is different for every single customer. I kind of like that, though, because it's not just like we're going to do step one in two weeks, step two in three weeks, step four. And like, however, like you don't have that preset timeline. It's like, OK, no, let's sit here and see what your capabilities are, what you want out of this. And then we'll move forward from there because, um, you know, what works for some is not going to work for all because you never know when you're going to have a 20 person IT department that can turn through this in like a day and get everything set up. Or if you've got like Joe and Joe is IT and he has to set up new laptops for people and to a DFS integration. And that's going to take a little, yeah, that's going to take a little longer because a lot of those medium to small size brokerage, they don't have a beefy IT team. They don't have the 
20, 30 person IT team that has all this other stuff. It's like usually two guys and one's, t- one's doing something with servers and the other is just keeping everything else running. Yeah, absolutely. And also you have to understand uh, what the expectations are, right? For example, for us, of course, it's way um, better if we can implement a customer in 30 days. But maybe that's not their expectation. Maybe they need more time. You know, maybe they are expecting to go live within, I don't know, two or three months. And that's fine. I mean, that's that's their plan. Of course, it's not our main goal because we want to optimize those times. However, we are always taking into account customers' needs and customers' expectations. So if your plan is to go live within two months, let's work together and let's make it happen. So yeah, very important to, you know, uh, listen to what they have to say and just work together towards that plan. What do you think is the fastest anyone's ever gone live? You mentioned 30 days. Have you ever had anyone do it in like two weeks? Listen, I can tell you the record right now. I think it's five or four days. (laughs) What? From like the date that we sign, say go to this is we're using this. Like that's not a lot of time. From the moment the transition from the sales department to the onboarding department until they go live. Yeah. And that's because of, you know, the the business size as well, you know, like very a small business that they just need to train, but just in one, two, three people total. Uh, and they will start working with the TMS. They, maybe they are new uh, to, into the, you know, brokerage world. So they don't need as many processes or they don't have data to import or they don't have as many integrations for us to build. And it's just about the training. So yeah, we have had accounts that go live within a week. That is, in, like, first of all, that is insanely cool. Second of all, my, like, three months of testing heart just is, like, full of anxiety. Um, and But that's, like, that's really cool because, you know, that's not every customer, but, you know, you guys were able to make it happen. Um, I just, I thought that was cool. I'm always very impressed at how fast a TMS implementation can go when everyone's on board and everyone's, like, they have it together, you know? And when you have the right tools in place, I, I will have to brag in here and say that we have a great LMS, which is a great uh, learning management system with a lot of, you know, courses and videos um, in terms of the TMS and the capabilities. So if they really commit, it doesn't take more than five hours total to watch the entire list of courses and videos, and they will have a complete understanding of how the TMS works. So that is absolutely helpful for them. And for customers like this that are very small, they don't have like a big team and they just want to learn the system so they can start moving some loads. This is perfect. I mean, they can just watch those videos within one week and then start moving loads. That's insane. That's like why IT, like, so I know this isn't how it works, but in my brain, this is what I think it is. While IT is like plugging in things to make the systems system, um, I know that they don't actually plug things in. It's much more sophisticated than that. But I am not an IT professional. So I just imagine they're back there like plugging cords into servers. So while they're plugging cords into servers, everyone else is just sitting there watching. And then when it's all magically done, it's done. And I'm sure IT professionals out there are shouting at me that they do a lot more than plug things into servers. And I know you do. I just don't know what it is. But I'm very grateful for them. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. <laughs> We have it. We have the thing where everything gets implemented. And how do you guys kind of do you guys do that thing where you go back and say, okay, this was a successful implementation. This was a successful launching. Um, and kind of how do you evaluate that success in the short term and the long term of, you know, an implementation? 
So we do have some retrospective um, meetings and sessions within the team, especially in terms of the awarding process. So yeah, every single time that a new customer goes live, they go through a QA process, which is a 360 quality review. So we take into account everything that happened during the onboarding process, like all the meetings, the discovery calls, um, how the integrations uh, were built, you know, like the data imports, everything that was part of this onboarding process. And we actually yeah, assess how it went and um, what, where were the gaps, basically. And then once they go live, we also keep track of their progress and the, the overall process for the next uh, three months in a very close way, just to make sure that they really, you know, went live and they are really moving loads within the system and they are completely comfortable working with the TMS. Um, that's during the first uh, three months. And then after that, it's on client success. So they will be doing their quarterly reviews with customers, just making sure that they feel comfortable and then that, that all of their requests are being, you know, heard. I kind of like that. It's that um, it's the best way to, you know, grow and figure out what works and what doesn't is looking back at past performance and seeing, you know, where you can improve and other things like that. And then I feel like that also has to be nice because inevitably something might fall through a crack and you're like, okay, well, this is how we shore up this process to make sure that that doesn't happen in the future. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And it's also important to look at it as a 360, what I'm saying. So it's not only the customer experience, but also what happened internally for, um, you know, implementing that account. So did we work well as a team? Did we collaborate? How was that transition from the sales process to the onboarding process? Then how was the transition from onboarding to going live? And all of those, you know, items together uh, provide a lot of insights for the whole process. I'm convinced that that is the most underrated step in any sort of onboarding of any customers, because as someone who got who used to get the handoff from sales and you were just missing like all of this information and they were like, oh, we just didn't we just didn't think to ask about it. And you're like, that's cool. That that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I feel like we did not go back and look and review everything and kind of go over it. It was just like, hey, next time. Here you're gonna have the you're gonna have them answer the questions on this sheet, and then when they never did, it was like, oh well, it's just classic sales, um, which you know is fine because they had their priorities and we had ours, and they're always different. But I really like that you guys take that approach to just just double check and make sure that everyone was pretty happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. And well, we're also lucky to have a great team that is you know committed with that. So our sales team is always open to that kind of feedback. The same with the awarding team does with feedback from other departments. So yeah, it's just a great team effort. All right. So Lena, we are running out of time today, but everyone that comes to the show has to answer a question and you are not going to escape okay. either. So okay, is a hot dog a sandwich? No, it is not. <laughs> it's a hot dog. I mean, you don't say, hey guys, let me make you a sandwich and then give them a hot dog. No, thank you. Thank you. That's that's like that goes right in line with like my argument, because when you go to a deli or a sandwich shop, like you're not going to say, "Ooh, I think I think I'm going to order the hot dog on the menu because there's not a hot dog on the menu. No, exactly. Yeah. No, it's not a sandwich. <laughs> the best guess. Um, but if, if anyone wants to reach out about, you know, your hot dog as a sandwich stance or uh, about any sort of change management things, where can they find you outside the show? Sure. You can always find me on LinkedIn as Lina Castaneda. Uh, you can also send me a message at lina at 
thai-software.com. And you can always check our company's website, which is thai-software.com. Thanks so much for joining us today, Lena. Thank you, Mary. Loved it. <laughs> Fine. Check Call the Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible FreightWaves podcasts, such as Loaded and Rolling and Tracks Through Time. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Check Call. See you on the internet.